Hey guys, Taylor here from Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. If you want to get started streaming on Twitch TV and have a nice looking layout on your stream, take a look at Streamlabs OBS. It's a new piece of software designed to make it easy to incorporate labels, your chat, and have nice looking animations when people subscribe, follow, give you biddies, all in one piece of software. For more information, take a look at streamlabs.com forward slash streamlabs OBS. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast following our journey into game devdom. Uh, if we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. And this week, we are joined by another very special guest host. Go ahead and say hi. Hey, what's up, everyone? I am Josh Krasenstein. You can call me Krass. I'm the owner of Static City Games. Yeah. Heck Welcome, yeah. Krass. And uh, everybody Basically. might have caught onto a trend lately where we're, like, having other people on the show. And it's not because me and Taylor ran out of things to talk about. Quite the contrary. We just uh, wanted to give everybody a chance to hear how other people are doing it, you know? I mean, there's only so much you can get from from me and Taylor who have <laughs> <Two> literally... <scrubs. laughs> yeah, who have literally only been doing game dev for a year. So that's kind of what we've been doing, and that's what we're going to hopefully keep doing for a while. Yeah, Crass, thanks for being here. Um, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while, so I'm really excited you're here. Uh, I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Yeah, I've been following your stream for a while. Of course, it's super early for me so i almost never get to it but uh hey it's early for me too don't get me wrong yeah <laughs> uh yeah you guys hear me talk about crass all the time of course i always uh bring in the legit streamer piece before i say your name but uh crass oh, really? is a twitch streamer has a published game on steam has another one coming out soon yeah and i just kind of want to know about your journey into game development how you got started where where you're going and and what you're working on all right yeah um in that order you can do that okay, however you so, want. yeah there's a lot to ask <laughs> yeah all right so um the journey is kind of weird it's kind of it's not the normal go to school to become you know go to school for computer science to become a game developer and then start doing game development because i worked in it or anything ridiculous like that right yeah um it's more a uh didn't know that I was going to do it kind of thing. So I always like played around with... I played a lot of StarCraft when I was younger. And when you play <laughs> yeah. StarCraft, you get into Star Edit, which is come, you know comes with their map editor. And you start playing with that kind of stuff. Never pushed, never, never like published anything fun with it or anything like that. Um, but it was like the... Made me realize that I like got addicted to like the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Uh, and then RPG Maker 2000, 2003 came out. Nice. On PS2. And I sat for a long time in my parents' basement on their CRT TV with a USB keyboard and mouse with the big 400-page manual learning how to do that thing and lost interest really fast um, because it was huge. Yeah. And no no uh, 13-year-old should ever be working on a uh, RPG <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't want to do game development. So uh, then I ended up taking a Java class in college because I needed another science class. And um, almost failed it uh, because I didn't like Java or the teacher. Probably the teacher. Yeah. They made us do a uh, blackjack 
Um, like he had to make for the final, it was a code an entire game of blackjack in an hour and a half. And I submitted a blank document that said, there's no way that I can do this in an hour and a half. And I got up and walked out in like three minutes. And everyone was looking at me like, how did you finish this thing so fast? Wow. Yeah. Everyone thought you were like the star of the class. Right. Well, I finished everything else like really, really well. I was the yeah. person who would upload their projects to Dropbox and then share them around the class. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but I just didn't care when it came to the final. Um, so I almost failed that. And then uh, kind of like, you know, it just kind of disappeared for a while. I got into like film and commercials and graphic design and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I somehow got to Twitch through League of Legends streaming. Like oh, not even me streaming, oh, just watching yeah. League of Legends, like the tournaments and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, that led me to Hearthstone and watching Day9 TV, who is like, used to be one of my favorite streamers. Uh, fantastic, fantastic streamer. And then somehow... I don't know where the transition from Hearthstone to Quasi TV came in, <laughs> but somehow Hearthstone brought me to Quasi, who is a fantastic Unity streamer. Yeah, they an unreal like he's just he's absolutely fantastic. He's released two games, Skyhook and Shotgun Farmers. Yeah, um, love the guy. He's awesome. And um, like I watched him work on Skyhook, which was his 2D Smash Bros style game. And after one day of watching it, I went. I can do that. Unity's free. All right, let's download Unity. Here we go. And I'm not a person to, like, give up on stuff, so I went for nine months and did tutorials nonstop. Wow. Um, And then uh, I was like, well, I'm bored of tutorials. Time to make a game. (laughs) And it's kind of how it happened. And now uh, here we are. That's awesome. So I still uh, don't know anything. That's not true. I've watched (laughs) the streams. Uh, Make it, man. Your tip on the uh, animator overrider controller was uh was huge for my last game of one game a month so i think i learned that from either a tutorial or from skyway interactive one of the two i don't know so you know stuff i know you Uh, know stuff. maybe maybe (laughs) um what so was your first attempt at making a game nightfall then or yes it was really okay yeah i went oh wow because i looked into it going you can make a ton of money with games i knew about steam spy i knew that existed so i knew you could look up games see how they did all that stuff. I'm at the point now in my life where I have a child who's 20 months old. When I started streaming game development, it was September 2016. She was five months old. Wow. I can't, I couldn't get into a hobby that wasn't going to help my family. Right? Yeah. In any way possible, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, you know, to each their own. Some people want to just make, they want to make, want to make bracelets. You can make bracelets all you want. If you don't sell your bracelets, fine. You just like making bracelets, right? Um, but I didn't. I needed something that was going to be a long-term thing. If you put out tw- ten games, you can still be selling those games. T- you know, eight years later. Right. So, and you don't have to actually even do anything for those. You just put them down for Steam sale, and they could, you know, increase sales. So, I needed something that was going to be a long-term thing that I would enjoy doing. That at one point I could make games for her, and that'd be really cool. That's awesome. So, <laughs> that's kind of why I went into Nightfall and went time to make a game. I don't care. How long it takes. Got to do it. That's awesome. So how long did Nightfall end up taking you? Because that, that was released it, well, not that long ago, right? came out in September, uh, September 4th of last year. Yeah. I started mm. working on it September 13th of the year before. Okay. That was when I was created the folder for it. So, or the <laughs> Unity file for it. Yeah. So, uh, I guess like almost a year of actually having it open. Mm-hmm. But I had really bad motivation problems before, uh, before I started a streaming schedule. So, it was like... Uh, I don't even know. 
I was like, I would touch Nightfall for like 30 minutes and then go play games for three hours. <laughs> and then not touch Nightfall for another week. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they'd be like, oh, that's okay. Not a big deal, right? Because when you, it's like um, if you don't go to the gym one day, you're like, ah, oh, it's fine. I didn't go to the gym. I'll go tomorrow. But then you you have less incentive to go again. Right. Yeah. You know? So it's if a you circle stop of going. Guilt. Right. You stop going and then you're like, well, I don't know what happened. I just stopped going. No, you gave up that one day, right? So uh, I realized that if I didn't put a stream schedule on myself, I would have never finished this game or even probably touched it. I probably would have actually deleted it. I got a question for you. What's up? And uh, I don't have kids at all, but one of the common threads that I found with a lot of like creative-minded people is... um, you know, often I think a lot of like non-parents are intimidated by the idea of having kids because it's like, oh, it's this huge like, you know, upturning of our life. And now we have this like creature that we have to take care of and all this stuff. And I'm <laughs> not going to be able to pursue my my dreams anymore. Right. But a lot of people, the common thread I've seen is that they find that that having kids was actually like sort of a catalyst for making like big changes in their own life that allowed them to then pursue their dreams and uh, a more direct way, you know? Um, I don't know. This is something like I see, um, not that it's the best example anymore in light of recent news, but like Louis CK said that his comedy was like having a really hard time before he had kids. And then when he had kids, it's like all of a sudden he found time to write every night. Like, how do you feel that like having kids has impacted, like, I don't know your creative life. So enriched it. Has it, has it been as hard or has it actually, like I said, kind of brought into focus a lot of, these little things that you want. I definitely play guitar less. <laughs> um, I used to play guitar a lot. I used to play in a band. Um, but I never really did game development before she was born. So um, didn't touch Unity until she was five months old. Or no, yeah. I, uh, I lied. I touched Unity before she was born. But it was just tutorials and stuff, you know. Do you find that you're like, <laughs> is your time management better because you have a child now? Or Absolutely. Like... Absolutely. Like when it comes down to it... Um, you learn how to control responsibility when you have kids. It's something interesting that a lot of people don't think about because you go, man, if I don't have kids, I can go stream until 3 a.m. and then I can get up and work. At, you know, I can go to work at 8 and then I can, <laughs> you know, goof around at work from 12 to 1 and pretend yeah. to do work from 2 to 4 and then go home and stream from 5 <laughs> till 3 a.m. Right? You can't do that anymore. So you learn how to control responsibility and control time management. It's actually really, really useful to have. It's really so it's uh, fantastic to have a kid when it comes to that kind of stuff, especially for creative people. Um, it also gives you an enhanced responsibility because you go, I want to do good for this little thing. Whatever, you know, whatever this thing becomes, I don't care. As long as she's not a serial killer, a murderer, you know, or an arsonist. As long as she's not any of those or anything illegal, we're good to go. But I want to make sure that she has the best childhood in the world, you know? Yeah. So it makes you go, man, I don't care if it takes me until... 4 a.m. to finish this website for this game so I can start publishing it, it needs to happen. You know, yeah. it's it's not a, it's not, there's no more I can wait till tomorrow thing. Yeah. Well, I'm always impressed so. with how like omnipresent it seems like you are in Twitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. like you're just everywhere. And I don't like, maybe it's your time management skills and I don't know your prioritization about because Twitch to you probably is is part of your business. Twitch is family to me. It's also business. Yeah. Twitch is what so this, from the second you start streaming to the second you end streaming, mm-hmm. you are managing your brand. It's a hundred percent PR mm-hmm. from the moment you start and enter the Twitch website to the moment you shut the computer down. Right. Literally from Twitter 
from going to other people's streams and just hanging out with them mm-hmm. and building bonds. I've met so many amazing people yeah. and actually had them come to my stream without me telling them to come to my stream because I went into a, a, per, a channel that had two people in it, started right. talking to them, became friends. Yeah. Right? Um, it's literally, I'm not saying you become the nice guy on Twitch, you know, you just it's all about, when it comes down to it, it's be, you want to be the viewer that you want your viewers to be. Right. Right. So if you're this person who comes in super bubbly, super exciting, and you, you're like that in every stream, people come in, they start noticing you, they start following you around. And nobody ever built a brand being a complete asshole anyway. No, people you know, like you get there maybe eventually if you if if you ever if you ever break out huge, like maybe right. you get a little jaded and get away with it, but but nobody, especially like, you know, when you start at the bottom, like nobody everybody can be negative. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It doesn't separate you from anybody. Just go on Facebook. Everybody's it's, got an opinion about that new movie that they can't stand and everybody loves, or that new album or that you know well, remember, on the news. Remember, Red. Everyone has uh, opinions are a lot like armpits. Everyone is two, and they both stink. Remember that. <laughs> Remember that. Uh, yeah. Well, I've taken a lot of, uh, or I've learned a lot uh, from watching you, both your streams, and honestly, I've interacted with you more off your streams than on your streams, just because it's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like everybody knows you because you take the time out of your day to, you know, help support them and right. For me, some of the biggest things that have helped my streams have been hosts from you, you know. Cause hey, you, thanks, man. You jump in with twenty or thirty people, and I don't normally get that, you know. So that it helps. It's a, a consi- it's a consistency thing. When it comes down to it, if mm-hmm. like the biggest piece of advice I can ever give any kind of person who streams is to make yourself a schedule and always be there on time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I started like at the bottom of the barrel with everybody else. I started at zero followers, right? I, mean, yeah. I remember those streams where I would stream for four hours and I would have zero people watch right right i remember it wasn't i mean it wasn't that long ago because after a while people started noticing that you're in other people's channels i didn't i didn't have people come to my channel organically at first i go hey man i'm making a game too because they'd ask me what i was doing yeah and they'd be like oh i didn't know i'll follow you oh cool yeah. awesome neat right and then after you know it just kind of like spirals at one point but literally the biggest thing is consistency 100 people love to be on a schedule and if they know that Krasenstein is on at 5.30 a.m. every single day EST. And they're on Twitch at that point. They can go, man, maybe I can watch Kras a little bit. You know? Oh, I want to see what he's doing with Life and Death. Or I want to see what he's doing with Nightfall. Yeah. Right? I mean, because I used to work in an uh, insurance company that rhymed with Bationwide. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't have time to stream. So I made myself time to stream and got up at 5.30 a.m. till 7.00. Oh wow! So I would stream for an hour and a half in the morning before work, make a bagel, get ready for get ready for work, leave at seven thirty, <laughs> clock in at eight at work every day. Wow! Because there was no way that I was going to come home, sit in front of a computer, instead of enjoying my five month old. You know, there was no way that was going to happen. That's cool, man. Yeah, I've I've so. I've found some trouble, and and I just have cats and a wife. <laughs> I don't have a kid yet. Hey, hat, but, hey uh, uh, wives are full time jobs too, man. I know they are. <laughs> Uh, that's something that I'm kind of struggling with, especially doing all these game jams and stuff. Game jams are fun, You're, though. They are super fun, and I love doing them. And it's been crazy, though. I, mm-hmm. uh, I've i been doing a lot of game jams. I've been do, doing one game a month. But now I'm starting to find that I'm really sacrificing time with my family, and it's starting to not right. be okay. 
if you know what I mean. And so making that sacrifice of getting up early seems like a good idea. It's a fantastic idea. That's what I've done in the past when I've... Yeah, when I've had trouble managing my time, which is pretty big trouble of mine and you know i've i never say <laughs> i never nature, said man. no to anything that's a procrastinator it's, it's human nature man. <laughs> human nature procrastinate human nature to be you know to sit around and do nothing it's no big deal yeah you got to be different well that's, that's all it and is. just switching it up you know and it's like and waking up really early <clears throat> you know i used to get up at like four or five because i i love to write it's kind of my one of my biggest hobbies it's awesome. so i would wake up at like four or five and i'd write like you said till you know, two three hours before I had to go to work or whatever, and I was like, I got more done than ever. It's Put crazy a fresh, how productive you can be in the morning. And, right. It's absolutely crazy when you know you don't want to be somewhere. You try to put as much time as possible into something you love. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so was that somewhere you don't want to be, Bayshin wide or whatever you said? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I left. I left that company yeah. in June to go full time as a as a developer for Static City. Uh, an owner oh, nice. and developer for Static City, and then we was opened that June the... 2017. Yeah, June 2017. Yeah, okay. I was I worked there for literally one year to the day, and then oh left. wow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did you know that it was the right time to go full time, and or um, like did you kind of take a leap of faith, or was it just kind of how it worked out with your family that this was going to be something you could pr- pursue? You know, because I would love to do that someday, but I'm I'm not a risk taker really. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was both. It was a risk and it was also a uh, planned event as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I missed my child so much because you know come home from work at five thirty, she goes to bed. She went to bed at seven, so yeah. I had to spend an hour and a half to two hours with my with my new baby girl. What five days a week, and then I got to spend all of the weekends with her. That's not fun, man. Yeah. That's literally like slave labor when it comes down to it. I, I literally sat behind a cubicle and typed all day. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Actually, I lied. I sat on Twitch probably six and a half hours a day. <laughs> I maybe did work for an hour a day. Maybe. Just to make sure that I did something. But I literally, like, that was the best time to grow, to grow your brand was at work. Because I was able to sit in channels, hang out with people, talk yeah. to Bjorn. Bjorn was one of the biggest people. Oh, yeah. Bjorn, drunk de- yep. yeah. Bjorn, Drunk Devs. So yeah, Game Dev Company, Drunk Devs, and Quasi were the three people I would watch pretty much unless other people were on mm-hmm. uh, when I was live. Or when I was at work, sorry. Yeah. And literally sitting in those three because they were all rather large streamers at the right. time, right? And I was still kind of newer and all that stuff. And sitting in those channels, I ended up befriending Quasi. Now we talk all the time. I ended up... Thanks. Talking to you know to drunk devs, him and I are awesome. Him and my, my wife play Fortnite and PUBG <laughs> together, right? Like it's crazy to think of that kind of stuff because you look at these people and you go, "Oh my god, it'd be so cool to hang out with Bjorn, right? Or it'd be so cool to hang out with with drunk devs or hang out with Quasi, mm-hmm. you know? Quasi lives three hours for four hours for me. Oh really? So like, I mean, now uh, drunk devs lives a lot closer to you guys in Seattle, but oh. Okay. Um, yeah, so like stuff like that. Like, I mean, if I go to PAX one one time, I know that I can hang out with Quasi. I know that I can hang out with you know people that are there that are str- that I hang out with on Twitch. Right. It's not like I don't talk to these people, or I'm or I'm somebody who just lurks in channels. I never lurk in channels. I actively yeah. talk on purpose. Right. So. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. 
and like now that I've been streaming consistently for, I don't know, four months or something. You've been a I lot got, fun to watch too, Taylor. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I oftentimes don't feel like I have much uh, quality content, but I think it's Not more true. about, <laughs> I think it's more about just hanging, you know, kind of like you said, like right. it reminds me almost, of, this is kind of weird, I think, but it reminds me of high school, like hanging out with your bros, you know, mm-hmm. online. And and yeah, I exactly. I don't live near my real life friends, so pretty much everything that I do is online. So it feels very natural. Yeah, but, I don't I don't leave my house. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't really unless, unless I go to like get food or something. Yeah, <laughs> but I've met amazing people through your channel too. I've met Manny Games through your channel, who's a fantastic person, one of the coolest people. Oh, yeah. I ended up hosting him for the first time during Ludum Dare when he was doing re- oh, cool. uh, some submission reviews. He's super cool. Yeah. I had no idea who he was. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I don't stream yeah. during that time, you know. But I was streaming right. Ludum Dare games that day. It's a lot of fun. Um, we uh, we had him uh, on our podcast uh, last week. Yeah, or... I have to listen to it. Still, I'm excited. It was great. It it was a, it was a lot of fun. He's such a good programmer too. He's he's insane. Yeah, he's been in my channel before. He's he's in, he's so knowledgeable. It's unreal. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. Like, and that's and that's just with Twitch, like. I feel like I'm fairly beginner level and it's just amazing to me that people who are so experienced spend their time helping people like me. You know what I mean? You know, uh, I don't think you're a beginner level Taylor. I'd say that because you finish games, regardless if they're jam games, you finish games. There are people who go to pursue jam games, lose motivation and don't do them. You are absolutely above beginner level. Well, you have the motivation and desire to get to, to win. Basically, so I wouldn't I wouldn't sell yourself short like that. Yeah, you just might not know as much as other people, which is completely fine. <laughs> there you go, son. Yeah, I, I appreciate you. that, man. It means a lot. Just real. I have a I definitely have a hard time with confidence. Um, Don't we all? Yeah. So you gotta fake it sometimes, man. I know. Yeah, fake it till you make it. That's that's right. You know. See, it is Taylor though. He always says that he has a problem with confidence, but he like he he puts on this this perfect image of confidence. You know, like I think <laughs> like I? one of the biggest one of the biggest shifts in mine and Taylor's friendship was uh, when we started doing this podcast together. And it's like Taylor was has already been like one of my best friends for years up until that point. But he told me this story about. Uh, when he went to go audition for uh, a scholarship at a, at a university, oh, yeah? and it just like destroyed him. It just destroyed him. <laughs> yeah, that was and one I of was the most like, embarrassing thing that ever that happened to me. And I had never heard that story before, and it just cast you in this whole new light as like this like less than perfect person. And I was like, okay, he is a person, but like you have this aura of confidence and like self assurance, and it's like you totally know exactly what you're capable of. And then you always push it just a little further too, you know. Right. Yeah, I try. Awesome. I don't know. If you never said that you were unconfident, dude, like no one would ever know. We'd just be like, "Taylor's a badass." <laughs> if you literally have uh, never said that, I would have been like, "Dude, Taylor's probably one of the people I want to follow on Twitch." <laughs> like, because literally everything he talks about is just like it's a good conversation. You don't have bad conversations, dude. You don't. Well, None of your conversations are like, man, that was a really boring conversation. I'm happy we didn't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, yeah, I I feel like the biggest thing for me is just like I have this desire to know things. And me I too. Think... It's called fear of missing out. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I have that. It's I have a big FOMO. fear of missing out too. Yeah. 
Like it's bad. I used to not go to the bathroom um, at at high school until <laughs> I got home. I used to go to the bathroom before I left for high school and then not go to the bathroom at all until I got home. Even during lunch, because I didn't want to miss anything funny. Oh my like, god! Like literally, yeah. I didn't want to be that guy who was like, "Man, did you see this?" I'd be like, "No, what happened? I missed it." It would kill uh, me, crazy. kill me. Uh, so I wouldn't. I'm, do a, it. I'm a chronic peer. I pee like eight <laughs> to ten times a day, <laughs> like at work. Uh, so I perfect didn't have podcast that. material. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Anyone you ask knows that I have a weak bladder. Like this one time, <laughs> this one time. Is it true? Not your bladder that's weak, son. It, it is true. This, so there, this one time, I don't remember where we were going or where we were coming from, but me and Rhett were on like this long drive and we were getting close to the uh, end and we were like, oh my God. Like both we were of coming us had to from pee. Eagle Crest. Oh, Eagle Crest, which is like two to three hours away from where we lived. Okay. And we were like, oh my God, I got to pee. We both had to pee so bad. And uh, we were like, dude, I, I know I have to pee more than you do. I'm going to go longer than you. <laughs> And so we both took like different bathrooms and and went and mine was maybe like a minute long, which I feel like is still pretty long. I'm pretty and, sure you're supposed to only pee for 20 seconds. Okay. I'm pretty sure like, yeah. that's actually healthy. Like, yeah, that's that's well, what they say is the average pee. Yeah. Okay. It might have been. Jesus Christ. It might have been less than that. But no, Rhett. Oh my God, Rhett. I like came out of the bathroom and like I to don't remember. Day. I started reading a book or something. Rhett this was still, still in there the going longest. for a month, for a minute. Dude, was I was that was st- to this day this still the longest pee I've ever taken. Like, <laughs> dude, I just remember it. Like, th- I remember you had finished and I had felt like there was no end in sight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. But Rhett always took things to the extreme, so that didn't what? surprise me. Yeah, I didn't dude. take that to the extreme. It's not like I'm gonna beat Taylor in a peeing contest. No, it was. What's, be- what's your, your PB, man? What's yeah. your personal best? Fifteen <laughs> seconds. I'll beat you, man. Thirteen seconds. Here we go, oh, right now. Oh, you think you know P, Taylor? You think you know P? <laughs> Prove you wrong, man. <laughs> I've never been able to pee longer than that to this day. It's we were driving and yeah. I had to pee and I wasn't gonna like pee in a bottle in front of your parents, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's too funny. I was in like I was in a special level of hell reserved for people who hold pee for too long. Like oh, I man. think that can do some permanent damage. So yeah, I'm sure it has. I shouldn't try that again. Right, yeah, I I I've realized that I shouldn't hold it in for eight or nine hours anymore. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> Learning experience. Yeah, I mean, I did it for what? <laughs> five years. <laughs> From like 8th grade until oh, 12th man. grade or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, here's a question for you. Let's do this a little ready? bit back on, on topic here. Do you find that, well, obviously, like, having a streaming schedule has helped you with your productivity a lot, but is there any work that you get done on your projects that happens off stream? Like how, how much of your work is done on stream and how much is done off stream? On stream? 95%. Wow. I would say because I have a extreme problem with motivation. Not, no, not motivation. Want to do something. Not right, like right. I'm not, by no means am I demotivated to do anything. Right. I literally, the second I get demotivated, I think about what I need to do and why I'm doing it, and it doesn't even become a factor. Um, when it comes down to it, uh, it's mostly on stream because I like showing people how real game development is. That's my the one the main thing I try to convey through my stream is, hey man, no one's perfect. It might take me three weeks to put to put controller support into your game. Who cares how long it takes? 
I'm there to show you how long it takes and how long you can sit on one thing and not figure it out. Because most people get into game development and they go, man, this is really hard. How come people like Adam are so knowledgeable? How come people like Game Dev Company know so much? They don't realize that it's all this time spent outside of it or all their experiences like as outside of it, you know, culminating together to become this this powerhouse, right? Because Adam1351, I think his name is, he's been working on Botland for almost 500 days. And wow. it's fantastic. He's just, he's unreal with the amount of stuff that he can do. He's making basically a fully automated uh, robot fighting game, which is really cool. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah. But it's, it's insane. The amount of work that's required for it is ridiculous. Yeah. But he's, you know, people come in and they go, how does he know so much? How can he fix bugs so fast? Man, I sit on bugs for three hours on channel on on, on the stream. <laughs> I stare at the screen and I go, I don't know what to do. I have no idea what to do because I want to convey. I don't. I don't just want to do stream game development. You know, it's a show as well, but it's also the hey man, I need as much as much help as you do. I really don't know what I'm doing when it comes to this, this, or this. As long as you are in that same boat, hey, maybe we're not alone, right? Because when it comes down to it, game development might be the most lonely thing that you could do as a hobby. <laughs> probably by itself it, without streaming if i didn't have to st- if i didn't stream i probably wouldn't do game development wow because it's literally so boring to me not to not be talking and having social interaction during it yeah and i think that's something that like a lot of people like from the outside they don't they don't really get all that much you know it's like i, I used to stream a lot of stuff like uh you know i just like play morrowind and that type of stuff and Love people morrowind. really dig the morrowind thing yeah and my wife would always be like, well, why are you, like, people actually just want to watch you play that game? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so then when we do, like, when we were doing the game jam, we were streaming and stuff, my wife's like, people are really watching you do this? Like, this looks like the most boring thing I've ever seen. And it's like, yeah, but, and they don't, and she doesn't, and a lot of the outsiders, they don't get too. It's like, they want to see that try-fail cycle. They want to see the struggle, right? Because right. it's like, um, because it's like, you go to a movie and you see the movie, but and you go, wow, that was amazing. But you don't see all the freaking, like... The cuts. Yeah. The takes, you don't see all the... the takes and takes exactly. and takes and takes and takes. And the B-roll and the, the oh, man, yeah, we need you background noise. Let's of... stand here for 30 minutes and get background noise. Right. Yeah. yeah. You see I've the pile of that. freaking footage <laughs> on one side, and, and it's, like, a 100 times bigger than the pile of footage that actually made it into the can and mm-hmm. shipped to the theaters, you know? Yeah, when I That's... went to school for film, they said that... Uh, good, hope you're ready for like long film days and stuff like that because it was typically every nine to ten minutes of footage would equal one minute of cut down edited yeah perfect footage but when it came down to it if you're doing a commercial it's more two to three hours of footage becomes one minute (laughs) because oh man like just people not knowing their lines and people screwing stuff up and the wind blowing a weird direction and it it goes into your throat the wrong way and you say a word weird and you're like, I've never said pineapple like with a Q in it. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Like, I've never done that before. Let's retake this. But like... (laughs) Okay, so this is jumping away from the topic that we're talking about right now. Because we're kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How do you say pineapple with a Q? That's Taylor's question. (laughs) Right. Just kidding. Pineapple. (laughs) Um, so it's interesting to me, and I talked a little bit about this on the last episode with Manbeard Games, how similar game devs are to one another. It's one big family, man. Well, it really is. 
Yeah. But what's crazy? Okay, and and you in particular, I kind of feel like you're the East Coast, maybe more mature version of myself. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm mature on stream because I want to have a business forefront, right? Because I'm also an yeah. owner of a company as well, so I own Static right. City Games. If somebody comes to my channel and goes, "Hey man, what's your game about?" I'm not going to be a douchebag to them and, t- and no. like and you know throw them <laughs> off. You know, yeah. I'll be like, "Hey man, this is what we do. This is what's going on," and I'll you know. Do, I don't want to have three different personalities on stream. Off right. stream, you'll see me say things ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you say, like I come out of left field with some stuff that I say because my mind goes crazy, but I can't say the things that I want to say on stream. Right. Yeah. You need that. You need that filter. When I'm off stream, no filter. Yeah. Minus cursing, <laughs> I don't curse. So yeah. just no filter. Like <laughs> if someone's mean to me, I'm like, man, I wish we were better strangers. Like I mean, like. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like that. That's, That's great. Good. I have ways of making, of making my point across. Yeah. But uh, so I want to dive into your background because so yeah. whether I don't know if you know, but me and Rhett we used to be in bands growing up. That was kind of how yeah. our friendship kindled. You talked and, about that at one point. Yeah. So I find it interesting that you were in a band. I also find it interesting that you're a film major because yeah. I majored in film studies. I didn't. Great. We're literally <laughs> the same person. We're literally the same person. Literally the same on the person. opposite side of the U.S. Do we so, just become best friends? Yup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you want to go do was... aerobics in the bedroom? Yup. <laughs> Step Brothers? No. I love that I've movie. I've seen it. It's been a while. <laughs> so great. We uh, just watched it the, the other day. It was on while we were on a family vacation at the coast, and it comes oh, yeah. on, and everybody sits down, and we watched it. <laughs> it's a great movie. It really is. It's so good. The ending <laughs> is the best. That's so funny. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so. Where did you go to school and like what what brought you into film and how did that kind of pan out for you? Because for me, I got into it accidentally. I knew growing up that I liked making movies, but then just kind of because I failed at computer science in school, I kind of had a fallback of doing film <laughs> studies, but it was like more of watching movies and writing papers about them. I didn't so, write one paper in college, man. Really? Oh, no, okay. I wrote one two-page paper in college. It was about me for the teacher <laughs> so they could learn more about me. That was my first semester. <laughs> Everything else was filmed. Nice. The only topic I care about, right. me. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for a paper. I'll give you that. Yeah. So what was your experience in college like? I mean, um, were you... It was fun. Yeah? Like, film-wise, yeah. or you, you party I, hard? I didn't party. <laughs> I mean, well... I didn't. I party, but I didn't drink. So, okay. Um, I started in, we can use college names here, right? Doesn't, that stuff doesn't matter, yeah. right? Any of that stuff? Okay. I went to Willamette University. Okay, yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right, so I went to Penn State. Okay. Which is one of the biggest schools out in the East Coast. Um, that's a public school, right? Most of one of the most expensive schools in the East Coast is <laughs> also a public school. Yeah. Um, so Penn State University is in Pennsylvania, somewhere in the middle of the state. Um, actually in a town called State College, which makes no sense <laughs> that it's actually called State College. So anyway, um, does that mean that the town was there first or the, whatever? So, uh, I went to a offshoot campus of it. It's an hour from where I live and they had, didn't have dorms. I had to drive there every single day. Right. Um, went there for liberal arts, also known as I don't know what to do with my life. Right. That's, well, Lambert like, was I'll, a liberal arts college. Right. <laughs> I'll figure out, it was a, I'll figure out my major by the second year. Sure. Sounds good. Right. So, um, I went there and I was like, I really, I'm really good at math. Maybe we'll do something with math. I don't know. 
I really don't want to be an accountant. It's probably one of the most boring things I can think of to be. Let's not do that. No offense to anybody who's an accountant. If you're an accountant and you love your job, wonderful. Not for me. <laughs> Something about just being bored all day just blows my mind. Um, maybe what? Maybe that's why I don't do good in office settings. Okay, so the uh, so I was there, and uh, like, all this leads to this film school and the game development and everything at the same time. It's a little bit of a lengthy story. I'm sorry about that, but no, I'll try funny. to make it abridged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was really into Ultimate Frisbee. Nice. Um, I played a lot of that in <laughs> high school, in like 11th grade, 12th grade. You know, every time that lunch was done, we'd go out into the courtyard and throw a frisbee around, or we'd play pickup games after school, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, so I finished school and I went to college, and they didn't have a team yet. And there was a, there was a, I don't even remember what they call it, some kind of like, let's do things after school fair. <laughs> it was like all the clubs, right? Yeah. And they didn't see one, so I was like, well, I'm gonna start one. So I started one because I'm not a guy who just sits around and goes, I hope somebody starts something. I go, I'm gonna go do this. Let's go. Nice. I mean, I put a team together to participate in a rock band tournament live at that school. Yes. Awesome. Like, I was like, all right, I'll play drums. They're like, can you play drums on rock band? I said, not really. <laughs> and they said, can you play set? I said, yes. They're like, you better start practicing. I'm like, good, I have a drum set. I learned everything up to expert for all the songs. I'm like, let's do this thing. And I wow. killed it. So, <laughs> and of course, they're like, what's on you want to play? I'm like, they're like, down with the sickness. I'm like, great. My foot's dead. Here we go. So anyway, um, so I ended up making a team for Ultimate. It was everybody was a commuter because nobody lived there. So like it was hit or miss if people were going to show up. Mm-hmm. We ended up recruiting people heavily. We got like twelve or fourteen people, and we started looking for tournaments. Tournaments for Ultimate. You don't just sign up for a tournament and go. You have to bid for a spot and pay money for that spot. Oh wow! And then you go, and then you yeah. have to get your travel expenses and go. Right. So you look for other colleges. What the only college that we want to bid for. Because we went, we applied to a couple colleges: Scranton University, Wilkes-Barre University. I don't know if any of these names ring a bell. They might not. So Scranton, Scranton's from the office. From the office. <laughs> yeah, Scranton, Scranton actually is the it's like the the, the paper company is yeah, actually not a paper Dunder company. Mifflin. But yeah, it's not it's not a paper company there. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> well, don't uh, break the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it is, it's a paper company. Uh, <laughs> also, the name is totally Dunder Mifflin. It's one hundred percent. Okay. So, we like we got rejected from all those bids because we were a brand new team with zero wins, zero games, a ragtag seven person team. Like right, because they only needed seven people. We only had seven consistent people to play with, and I was the only one who was decent. I had to teach everybody how to play. Right? Um, they didn't really know the rules. Yada yada yada. yada. Uh, the only one that accepted us to bid was East Strasburg, which is a smaller smaller school known for their f- uh, physical therapy and education. Parts of their, of their school, mm-hmm. right? They're, that's the biggest parts of their school. Um, hold on, I have to I have to take like a two second break because my thumb's starting to hurt from the push to talk. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's not bleeding. <laughs> not yet, but it's in, definitely indented. All right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I went. We went up there. It was a weekend tournament, so it was two day tournament. We never did a tournament before. We didn't know how crazy it was going to be. Right? I knew one person from high school who was go- who went there, so we were able to crash at their place. Nice. So Friday night, we hung out with a bunch of his friends from up, up there. One guy was a film major. Okay. We got talking about it. He was like, yeah, this is a really cool major. It's a lot of fun up here. I'm like, are you just pulling my leg because people tell you to do that kind of stuff for college to get more people to come to this college for tuition? Or he's like, no, I'm not that kind of person. I actually really like it. Here's what I've made so far. I'm like, sweet. This is awesome. Yeah. Right? I was like, I'll keep that in mind. Cool. 
uh, started the tournament like seven o'clock in the morning. Saturday morning, it was like thirty-eight degrees outside or something like that. Right? Oh, it was, it was like a, it was like a November, and we like you have to play the entire day outside, and you know, in frost. Um, everyone was awesome. The place was great. Everyone was super. The place was amazing. We ended up going, I think, zero and three, and forfeited our last game because everyone just wanted to go to McDonald's afterward. Right? <laughs> so we didn't do well, obviously, because we were brand new. Didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Um, but. I got an invite that if I ever went up to that school, that I would be part of that team, which was really cool. Oh, wow. Oh, fun. So I was like, man, maybe I'll look into that because I was like, maybe I'll look into film. I was like, well, if I want to transfer, I should probably talk to Penn State about it too, right? So I went back and like I sat with the advisor, which at the it's actually through like like Skype almost. Yeah. At an offshoot campus for a large school like Penn State, there's no advisor at that school. You talk to a digital person. Um <laughs> Or a real person, but through digital means. I was going to say, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's, that's an advanced man. algorithm. Everyone's robotic, man. It's so weird. It's like the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. They're yeah. like, right. yes, I think you should transfer. Right. So the second, because Penn State has so many people and they make so much money, the second you tell them the tra- that you're going to transfer or do you want to transfer, they don't care anymore. They don't care about you anymore. It doesn't really matter. Oh, wow. They have no cares. So I was like, I want to, tra- I think I want to transfer to East Stroudsburg. They have a really good film program. Um, is there anything, what kind of classes can you recommend I take so that I'm ready to go for when I get there? They're like, yeah. we don't know. Wow. I'm like, okay. Well, I'll just Google, I'll just search film on your list of classes then and apply for all the classes that <laughs> there was two, right? There was one that was, it was called Intro to Mass Media where you sat in a lecture hall and watched like Citizen Kane and movies like that. <laughs> um, and then took tests on, which was horrible. It was it was like watching. It was literally just movie critiquing. It was so dumb. Yeah, that was my right? major. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the other class was actually watching movies like Godfather and stuff like that. And then at the end, we had to do like some kind of like diorama about why <laughs> Godfather's scenes worked really well. It was some ridiculous BS. Teacher didn't know what she was doing. Thing, in my opinion, yeah. right? Um, She's like, we just need some kind of thing to test the people because we just come in and watch movies every single time. Um, so I learned nothing. And watched a bunch of movies, right? Because <laughs> I used to mass buy movies on Amazon. Like, not even kidding. Like, back when Amazon, like, when I found out Amazon had, like, movies for, like, six bucks, seven bucks, like, Blades of Saddles, History of the World Part One, The Producers, <laughs> yeah. like, all of the really good Mel Brooks films, all the really good comedies, like, Dumb, like Dumb and Dumber, and the stupid ones, the regular comedies, like, Get Out, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, when they started becoming more apparent, and I was just buying up, you know, sitting sitting up at school at East Stroudsburg and buying four to five movies, having them come to me at Amazon and watching movies all night. It was great. <laughs> um, didn't learn anything, but I just had a great time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so the transfer happened. Went up to East Stroudsburg and made a bunch of commercials and films and stuff. It was really cool. Dude, They're all on YouTube, cool. actually. So it was really? like hands-on? Yeah. Well, everything. Uh, so the school, the, the major was called... Um, <laughs> it was like this really long name. It was like it was called like multimedia something and technology. It was like a ridiculously oh. long name, oh, but it was cool. literally like it was like the we don't have a thing that's just film. Let's encompass everything so oh, you learn I everything see. and you're a jack of all trades when you leave and you know nothing, yeah. right? Because because I my internship was at like some was, uh, at a commercial company and they were like or my first internship internship was at a commercial company like here wrap up this cord. I'm like. They're like wrapped up over under. I'm like, want to show me over under? I know over under now, obviously, but like, yeah. like I wish I learned over under when I was wrapping stuff up. You would just walk into the TV studio and everything would already be set up for you. Right. So 
but like it was a it was a mix of graphic design, audio engineering, uh, film, TV broadcasting, commercial work, um, commercial graphic work, wow, and script writing. It's everything together. So like your classes were never like you weren't learning graphic design this this semester and this semester and this semester. You maybe learned graphic design one time, then you learned Illustrator, and then you right. learned mm. an InDesign class. You know? So that that probably cool. did set you up for game development. Even a little though bit, not it all sounds the skills like, yeah. transfer, maybe. Um, a lot of them probably do. And that kind of rings true with my experience. Like I, right. My degree was in film studies, so it was a lot of the watching watching old films and critiquing like, you know, right. the themes and everything. But then I took, the, the reason I got into film studies was because I took an animation class in Maya. Ooh. So I took two Maya Dude, classes. I had an animation class, but it was not in Maya. It was in different different companies, different oh, really? company thing. And it was horrible. Really? The worst animation system in the world. It wasn't 3DS <laughs> Max and it wasn't Maya. It was a different one. Huh. All I can think of is Firewire, but that's not that's not a animation thing at all. So no. it's not that. <laughs> Yeah, I ended up actually meeting my wife in an animation class. So oh, I met cool. my wife. Oh, really? She was playing Minecraft. <laughs> she was playing Minecraft in the computer lab at my major for nice. where the film is because she was a film major or she was the same major. Oh, okay. And she was playing Minecraft. She was like a year younger than me or two years younger than me in, in school, right? Um, and literally, she's playing Minecraft. And I'm not the person to just sit around and do nothing. I'm the yeah. person who's like, oh, look, a. Uh, you're like, wow, attractive. this girl's playing right. Minecraft. Like, I want to know females. So what do I do? I go up, I tap her on her shoulder because she has earphones on. She goes, hi. And I go, hi, is that Minecraft? I know it's Minecraft. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's Minecraft. She's like, she goes, I don't know. She goes, yeah. I go, nice. I love that game. And then we part ways. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, the imprint, right? Yeah. So then she ended up, we ended up getting together like the next semester because I went to, I wanted to be on the, on, Radio, because they have a we had a school radio station, nice. so I joined the radio the radio station as for a three hour once a week show at night. Oh, that's badass! That's awesome. Because <laughs> the station was a lot different than most college stations, where there were like college stations usually had rules. Usually, like there's a set playlist you to play and everything like that. It was it was play whatever you want, but make sure you bleep out the words that are required, <laughs> and don't have dead air, and make sure you're entertaining. And that's all. That was that was the rules. And you had to have oh, you had to exciting. take a test to make sure that you could run. It was like a fake going live for like fifteen minutes to make sure you could actually do it and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot nice. of fun. I did it for three years, for three hours and three hours once a week at night. What was your show called? Skindy Rock Radio. It was with a co-host. <laughs> it was ska and indie music. That's badass, nice. actually. So like it was that. a lot of fun. We have, uh, I think, some audio clips of that somewhere. They're that's like cool shows of them. I should upload them. Yeah, I want access to your uh, YouTube videos that you worked on. Uh, it's Crass2509 on YouTube. Dude, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, dude. We're going to write that. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> I put it in chat on Discord. Okay. So yeah. we yeah. talked about a little earlier that you play guitar and things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm always interested in just talking to fellow musicians about, of course. you know, like when they started playing, you know, were you, in, were you in band in high school, that sort of thing? Did you gig around when you got out of school and do that whole thing or yes. you just play f- okay so like yes to all of that um, <laughs> so uh so I, st- I played clarinet in fourth grade right oh hell yeah so i started out with tr- so i started out in trumpet right for a week and they were like we got a lot of trumpets do you want to play clarinet i must have been really really crappy at trumpet <laughs> if they came to me and they're like you want to play clarinet i'm like well, how different is it they're like well it's a woodwind instrument not a brass instrument i'm like okay 
<laughs> but I'm not somebody who goes, man, this sucks. I'm not going to, you know, I became like first chair. I'm like, I'm not going to sit around and suck, you know? Nice. So um, I had like lessons. I had all this stuff, right? It was ridiculous. I started playing guitar in ninth grade. Oh, right on. 14. I was like, I need something more difficult because clarinet wasn't hard anymore, you know? Um, I wasn't really able to, you know, it was only as hard as the pieces of music you got. You know, right. I'm not going to play Flight of the Bumblebee because forget that. Yeah. Um, it's a maniac piece. So, uh, yeah, so I started playing guitar in like ninth grade or, I mean, it's been a, it's been at least 10 years, 12 years, 14 years I played guitar. Um, and I start, I got into a band at 10th grade because it was, there was a show and tell, uh, in, in history class oh, on nice. the first day or whatever. Or the second day they said to bring something about your life. I brought a guitar pick. The person sitting next to me brought a guitar pick. <laughs> we started a band nice. history. <laughs> That's cool. It was cool, cool, right? Yeah. It was called the Fourth Sun. We don't know why it was called the Fourth Sun. We have no idea. It doesn't make sense. It's a stupid name. The cover art was even worse. Um, <laughs> I should be able to. I should have all these things like set up so I can just drop them in chat so you guys can laugh at it. Right? Um, hey, that'd be that's great, dude. Too. And and we we spent way too much time thinking about names and yeah, they so all we, ended up not good so yeah so we started with it was just me and him just just guitar we didn't have nice. drums like we both played electric guitar we both played electric distortion guitar and recorded <laughs> nice. it and uploaded songs with with like poor vocals bad recordings it was great it was a great time <laughs> that's uh, awesome we became like best friends during it and all that stuff um and then we found through my one of my best friends some guy who just wanted to be part of something so he bought a bass guitar, and we had him learn bass. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then we were looking for a drummer, and we put it into a, this company called George's Music out here. Uh, like A lot like Guitar Center, but more centralized in the area. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, and there, they had like a little help-wanted section in the back for bands. And so we, so we found a drummer there that was looking. And he was 16 years old, like super young compared to, compared to our age, or 15 or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he was like a phenomenal drummer. Like It, it was... Un- <laughs> His, his idol was like Travis Barker. Like, he was phenomenal. Nice. Learned all the Blink songs. He knew all the stuff. So that's the kind of music we played was Blink-182, Sum 41, Guns N' Roses. Like, we played that <laughs> kind of stuff, right? Oh, cool. Um, and we covered that they covered that music, and we made our own songs. But uh, we started out as Fourth Son. We played a bunch of gigs. We sucked. And then <laughs> we realized that we needed a singer that wasn't our other guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> and we found a girl who we knew through the bassist. And... She was meh into drugs and stuff like that. Man. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Right? And, like, I mean, she had, like, a group of friends who, like, we'd play a show at a YMCA, and the f- we'd be playing an acoustic song, and her friends would be moshing. So, like, <laughs> those kind of people, right? Yeah. So we split ties with that really fast. And then we found another guy who was a decent-ish singer who you've heard What for next time. Oh, line. yeah. Um, like, meh, decent, right? Like a 4 out of 10. That pretty good. Uh, okay, five out of ten. <laughs> I mean, for start, I don't know, high school band. Give him a four eight, four point eight five out of ten. Oh, shoot, um, man, if you heard any of my singing in high school, it'd be like, <laughs> yeah, like, and I, so. and I still, I don't know how. It's like every band I've ever been in, everybody's like, "Well, we need a singer." It's like, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> we were all so bad at singing that he was the only singer. We had no backup vocals. <laughs> That's how bad we were. Taylor so, was my backup I did, vocalist. I did backup screaming. That's awesome, dude. I thought it would be really cool to be in a hardcore band. I lo- I used to write a lot of hardcore songs, but they would always yeah. be shot down. 
because we were like they were like no we are a punk band we are a pop punk band i'm like can we have like some chugging in the song can we have some heavy guitar chugging in the song can we drop the drop d in this song please can we do the song drop c like do you want to drop the drop c every every show i'm like i don't care <laughs> Why not? Heck yeah! Or just like, drop, drop all your drop songs C, to man. drop C. <laughs> or just let me drop the drop C. You know, you just I've stop been... for a second. Let me palm you to a couple couple triplets, and we'll be good to there go. Let's back yeah. up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, our songs I feel like were half breakdowns that were just repeated <laughs> over and over, and every song was like six minutes. <laughs> oh my god, it's great. There was um. Yeah. One band that we that opened for us when we played in uh, we played a lot of YMCA's we played a lot nice. of YMCA's that's, that's so cool though one band yeah. that opened for us um, they were they were I don't they were some kind of heavy metal band just two people right a guitarist and a drummer like like White Stripes <laughs> kind of but for metal yeah right didn't realize they were metal because they didn't play a song yet and they're like this next song is called Flowers and they're like go and it just went ooh like I was like oh god. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Um, I one time I one time played with a band. I don't know why this stuck with me, but they go at the very beginning. They're like, <laughs> you know, I knew they were metal because of where we were. It was at right. a venue that I was helping run. But they're just like, all right, guys. Uh, hey, this uh, if you anybody here watches Jersey Shore, then uh, you know what this song's about. And then they just go into this like really brutal metal song. <laughs> but the way he said it, I, it just stuck with me. I love stuff like that, man. I just I, the, the stuff that throws you off like that is like some of the best things at a show, dude. You don't expect it, right? Yeah, I thought um, so. Me and Rhett had this one song. Uh, there was these two girls that were younger than us in band that played this song called uh, "Say Hello." And it's I like, say hello. I say hello. They're, oh, they're like playing the piano and the other person. I say it. hello and in an instant your face is gone. So then I say goodbye <laughs> and try not to cry. So we played a oh, version man. of that where we were oh, playing yeah. all light, you know, and we're at like a metal show or whatever. You know, everyone plays metal and we start with that and everyone's like looking around. And then then we went into like a breakdown. I yeah. thought that was pretty great. Cool. Oh my God, that was awesome. actually like one of our best shows, and that was back when me and Taylor were do- we were doing the two piece we thing, just us. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so basically, we ended up playing a lot of shows. Then there was a battle of the bands at the Y, and we won the we won it. Oh, cool. um, so we won a little little bit of money or whatever. And there was a guy who was there for some reason, and who was able to sign us to a tour. So we we went on tour during the senior year of of college or senior year of high school for like two weeks or whatever. We hit like like eight venues in two weeks. It was cool. It was really nice. neat. Yeah. Didn't expect it. It was awesome. We ended up putting a album out, a six, a six track album, which is on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff, That's which cool. is meh. Um, Remind me, what was the name of your band? Next in Line. Next in Line. That's right. Um, and That's so cool. The album man. was called Rain, which was the one of the title tracks, right? Nice. So, yeah. So it was an all right uh, thing and then you know college happened and you know it's kind of like fell apart because I went to college the guitarist went to college and basically went to college the drummer was 17 in high school yeah. still and the singer was 17 in high school still so like you know it falls apart like that right yeah so because at one point you know you're able to get into a show and those can't and they can't because they're not over 18 what do you do right you know what I mean well we used so. to play at bars when we were uh, under 21 right and we would hang out outside and they'd be like all right, you guys come set up. We'll let you in to play your show, and then you got to get out of here. That's exactly <laughs> how it was, right? So, 
Well, yes. hey, how do you think strippers get to work at places that serve alcohol when they're under 21? Exactly. <laughs> You're allowed to work in there, but yeah, you can't you, you can't hang out. <laughs> Up and leave, right? I, I yeah. mostly played bars. Like, I went into so many bars before I was 21, and then it's like when I turned 21, I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I went to a bar, I think, once when I was 21, and I was like, nah, this is great and all, but mm, I'll just uh, go home and play games or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm not so. much of a bar kind of guy either but yeah, me either but well, anyway so that's that's my uh, music discography that's fun <laughs> it's uh, awesome like that sits like it sounds really similar to what happened to us other yeah, than we didn't get signed we went to we went and traveled we got signed and then dropped the because of sales <laughs> <laughs> bummer so. yeah yeah my my biggest claim to fame is just getting in a van and going around and playing more shows than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, That's all we did. Was, it was just so much fun. It was like the best thing to do for when you're like in high school and you have nothing else to do when you're home and stuff like it. Yeah. It was great. I was really yeah, happy I that agree. was part of it. Cause I learned yeah. music theory because of it too. You know, I learned music theory going through school and I learned it through learning guitar and you know, it translates to, to me, color the, theory and all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I got out of it is totally just like how to run a business. One hundred percent. Yeah, I was because the person like, who had money. Yeah, yeah. It's basically just this small business when you really break down like what being in a band is. Being in yep. a band that gigs around and does stuff, you know. If you're spending money or earning money or having to drive anywhere or you know, it's like all this coordination and logistical stuff on yep. top of, you know, how to make contacts and all that type of thing. I mean, I learned very on it was a hard lesson because I think when me and Taylor first started playing music, is like we waited for the shows to come to us. Right. It was That's a really hard lesson when you had <laughs> yep. to go to them for shows and ask, you know, it's like, hey, man. Yeah. And if, when I figured out it was all who you know, not what you know, it's who you know. Right. And, right. and uh, that goes without saying for pretty much any industry, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, though. I mean, it's um, it's funny. Like, there's just so many good stories from being, from being in a band and stuff and, like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, you, just, you just learn so many memories and so many things, but it's a hundred percent of business, one, like without a doubt. And you're yeah. you're either in one or two bands, right? One band is everyone's like minded; they're all business savvy. They understand that it takes work to make money. Yeah. Or you're in the band where or. you're the only person who's business savvy. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else is lazy. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, I was in the second band, and I was the only person who was able to control the money. And when we ended. Everyone was like, yo, can I get my take of the money? And I'm like, sure. (laughs) And I gave them all like a hundred bucks or whatever. Because I was like, you guys didn't do anything. I I did all the work to get the stuff on. You know, I did all the work for the UPC to get the album online. I did all that stuff, you know? I did all the logistical work. I talked to the PR manager. I talked to all these people. I did all this stuff. They came to practice. Yeah. Luckily, I was in a bunch of bands where everybody was very committed. And then I had one band where... Everybody wanted to play music, and they really wanted to do all this stuff. And I tried really, really, really hard to not be the guy who is, like, over-controlling and overbearing. And uh, I had ultimately ended because everybody wanted to do all the fun things that, that come with being in a band, but they didn't want to do the work. And, yeah, that's what it comes you down know, to. they'd show up, and we'd practice, and we'd have fun. But then it was like, they were like, I want to book shows. And I was like, okay, book shows. And I'd be like, or I could get us some shows at these places. And they'd be like, no. And then all my contacts would hit me up be like, hey, you want to play a show? And I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, well, I thought I was booking the shows, man. It's like, okay. Like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Dude, at one point we had my singer's mom booking shows for us. <laughs> she was part of this, like, online repository of, like, contacts or something. 
And like we'd have shows of places like forty minutes away in 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 bum nowhere where our <laughs> yeah. where we'd be playing for our parents. <laughs> oh yeah, at our, at a nice venue, too. and I'm like, mm, this is fun because you know <laughs> no none of the people who followed us wanted to come because it was forty five minutes away. Yeah, and then, and then ten bucks. Yeah. yeah, and we're seventeen. Right. Why would they come? The, yeah, <laughs> man, it's it's yeah, that's funny how that works out. It's hysterical. At one point, I was like, you need to stop booking the shows. I'm sorry. Like, I'll take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> Let Papa Crass do this. We're kind of up up against the clock, but I think I kind of wanted to yeah, I wanna talk wow. about one more. I want to give what you a you... chance to talk about your uh, your upcoming game. Yeah. Oh, cool. um, you know, give you some PR time. <laughs> okay. Uh, we want to do our best to support you however we can, so... Yes, I didn't realize. I didn't realize what time it was already. Holy crap! It goes by fast. It goes way too quick, man. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's a blast. So yeah, tell us about your new game, Life and Debt. Absolutely. What, so what's your the, what's your vision? Yeah. So uh, my vision is for the world to be a better place because I make games. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, um, <laughs> so Life and Debt, a real. It's called it, the full name is Life and Debt, a real life simulator. It's literally a game made to try to emulate the hardships of moving out of your parents' house for the first time and realizing that you have to pay for things, right? <laughs> but then realizing that you still have the old adage of having shopping addictions and buying what you want because you don't have to buy food, you don't have to buy water, you don't have to buy, right? None of that stuff exists when you're with your parents, but you love buying things. So you have this shopping addiction that you've, you've come across. So it's so easy for you to just finance anything and buy anything, go into debt, and you have to balance finding a job, getting paid money for it, and then also paying off debt at the same time. Nice. And then you need to buy all of the items in the game to furnish your house to make your parents proud that you can actually live. Oh, that's cool. Otherwise, you get disowned <laughs> from being in debt. Yeah. So that's the um, spiel. I love it, man. Uh, I've watched you develop it a little bit. Um, yeah. This one, it seems like, is a, a bit shorter of a project, right? Yeah. It started at Ludum Dare. Ludum Dare oh, okay. Forty, which is it was in the first week of January, second week of January, something. Like that. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Time goes so fast when you don't have job. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it's uh it's only been it's only been forty one days of development. Okay. Um, developed primarily on stream, as my yeah. all of my projects will be in the future. Even if we own a studio, I will incentivize and uh, and make people not make incentivize and for and want people to be uh, streaming their the development stuff because it's it's too good of PR to to not do it right like to be there showing the art showing this showing that and people getting behind the game even if it's a bunch of other creative streamers mm-hmm. because all you need is one person to go yeah man this game is great and they are friends with jack the guy or they're right. friends with they're friends with markiplier and boom markiplier goes i want to play that game then if you like this game you're one yeah. of my best friends <laughs> you never know who that person is right you just got to make a good impact so well uh, i think it- it's extremely important for that kind of stuff it also seems like, well, a couple things. First, you have your fans and people that are part of your community. Friends. That are just friends. They're not fans. Yeah. They're friends. Okay, yeah. They're both. Let's get real. I'm a fan. Well, I guess to each their own. I believe everybody who comes to my chat is friends. Yeah. Because there's no such thing to me as a fan. Fans for, are for celebrities and no celebrity. So I'm just a, a friend of other people. Yeah. Well, so you have your friends and they're going to want to yeah. support you. So that helps. But then, right, of course. It, it's also really cool that you're incorporating your good friends into the game. 
which I think yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's neat to add people in as we have a thing in Life and Debt called a life event. It creates a uh, little bit of a uh, a left hook into your face when you're busy playing the game, right? So, like for instance, you could be doing okay with a good job making you know whatever fifteen hundred dollars every two weeks, right? Which isn't a bad. That's not a bad salary. It's really not. It's pretty good. Um, but what all of a sudden you get mauled by a bear when you're out camping? That's three thousand dollars in hospital bills. Now you're three. Now you're three grand in debt. Well, that's a month of pay. Then you have to choose whether you want to pay off the debt that compounds every month, or you buy more stuff that you need to win the game. Yeah. So stuff like that happens, or you get ones like uh, I have a custom one in for a bunch of different people. I have one for Taylor. I have one for uh, Game Dev Company. I have one for Wobbly Trout. I have one for Windy Beer Games. You know, these are all people yeah. who anybody who's listening, they should go check them out. They're fantastic streamers. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, Which, honestly, to... if, if people have not already followed the game development community, it's 100%. Probably one of the best communities on Twitch. I yeah. agree. Um, the most welcoming, the most knowledgeable, and just all-around good people. Nobody, yeah. You go in there, you rarely ever see trolls. You rarely ever see people who are unhappy. You know, Everyone well, I... is literally positive. It's fantastic. Because yeah, they're all I... happy. I've always sort of wondered, like, what it is about the game dev community that, like, I mean, I think we all, we sort of police ourselves, and it's like, we, we definitely, I think the positivity definitely kind of, like, floats to the top, and that's kind of what we experience, and I, I, because I kind of think, like, the trolls and the negative people who want to do this, I think they kind of get lost, or they bury themselves, just, and everybody ignores them, you know, I think... Most of us being tech savvy, we're used to, you know, the rule of don't feeding the trolls and things like that. So they fizzle out. But it is interesting because as time goes on, it's like I always draw a lot of parallels between a lot of the other communities I've been in. Like the music community is a big one. However, there's like not as much positivity in the music realm as there is in the game dev film. And there, there is like after a certain like after a certain level of like, I think, like professionalism in the music community. But below that. Uh, it's jealousy. There's just there. It is yeah. jealousy, and it's, it's like, and it's a lot of jealousy. Us, yeah, it's all us versus them. Like, I, I think the biggest success I ever had as a musician was when I figured out it's like everybody's on the same team here. Like, we're trying to play the show. Right. We want people to come out and have a good time, and maybe people get to like make some gas money or have some free beers or whatever. But like, we're all trying to build something together here. And mm-hmm. so when these kids come in and they're just like, "Well, why? I don't want to open the show. I want to do this or whatever." It's like. I don't know, but you don't get that at all in the game dev community. Nope. You get, hey, man, what kind of game are you working on? Oh, that's so yeah. cool. And then, you know, right. the person streaming is going, dude, do you work on a game? We'll talk about it. Show me a link. What's going on? Yeah, you get yeah. instant PR just because people love to support each other in this community. And it's, yeah, it, it's, it's literal. It's not just you're just doing it to do it. It's 100% genuine love and respect. Yeah, I've never seen disingenuous, like, positivity, in ter- like to, especially to new people, you right. know? Especially to new people, these people come in and they're like, "Yeah, I want to be a game dev," and it's like, "Hell yeah, man!" Like, <laughs> here's, here's the here's, tools to help you look out. at this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, if you have yeah, questions, great. let me know. I'm, that's why I stream. Like, I mean, that's like that's literally the thing. Like, people come to my channel all the time. They ask me questions. And I'm like, "Well, they're like, don't mean to waste your time." I'm like, "If I don't want my time wasted, I wouldn't stream." Right. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. So let's yeah. get real. I'm here to help you. I'm also here to work on my game at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, all of us, too, know what it's like to be a beginner, and we know how difficult yeah. it is to start. And that's, you know, that's part of the reason we started the podcast was just to chronicle our journey into learning game development. And I love this yeah. podcast, by the way. It's fantastic. Thank it's you, so man. much fun to listen to, man. It really is. 
Because you guys just have the best stories. Like I said, I, Taylor, like I've said, you don't have bad stories. You don't. It's true, Taylor. I, yeah, you really don't have bad stories. They're always good to listen to. Regardless if they're podcasts or on stream or if you're talking about nothing. It doesn't matter, man. Like, yeah. we bonded over well, Carcassonne. I played it once. Yeah, oh, yeah. You play oh, it all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like, I, I have Tabletop Simulator now, dude. You can play it with me if you want. Dude, oh, we need to because yeah. uh, so. actually Rhett's brother gifted it to me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I got yeah. I got it gifted to me on uh, on Winter Sale. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah we should oh, play. Yeah. It. I love. I haven't played I have it yet. That but... Too. I forgot. I got that from him as well. <laughs> that's Dude, awesome. There you go. We got to get a little group going. Oh yeah. heck yeah! We just need one more, right? Yeah. It's four, four players. Four players. I'm sure we yeah, can find somebody. Um, I'm kind of curious. Um. So obviously, you know, you're working on life and debt and all that sort of thing. Um, really? Do you have do you have any like plans sort of beyond that? Like any sort of long term goals that are past that game? Do you mean like past a game? Like what the next games are looking like, or like what the what what a static city look like in five years? Is that what you're talking? Yeah, about? that both. Yeah. Both. Okay. So Static City Games, in, in the next five to ten years, I would love for it to have made enough money to open an office, have a team, be able to work on large-scale projects at the same time as working on short-scale projects, and have this full indie company that's p- pumping out good quality games for people that are... And we're streaming during it, so that there's still, uh, still that family camaraderie during it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I want, you know? That's, um, that's the five-year, ten-year plan, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows if it will happen? If it doesn't happen, it's what fifteen years is for. And if all else fails, I just start. I just find a job and start making games for my daughter instead. Right? There you go. So that's great. I see um, that uh, Life and Debt uh, is slated for launch, like in a couple weeks. Twenty eighth uh, February. So that's going to be on time. Okay, great. That's kind of what my question I sure is. hope so, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did a bunch of art today on stream to fix to finish up some of the scratch cards and stuff like that because you can, yeah. you know. When it comes down to it, if there's a game where you have to buy X amount of things in order, X amount of unique objects in order to win the game, there needs to be objects that exist to deter you from winning that game. Right. Right. So I'm literally making things in the game and different things in the game to make you lose. That's my, (laughs) like, that's what this game comes down to is how can I make the player lose because they're thinking about the game wrong? And I put in, I put in scratch cards. Right. Oh, I put nice. In, I put in easy to click scratch cards with that actual scratching off, and you hit redeem. Oh. And they're fifty, fifty, a hundred, or two hundred fifty dollars. Oh, that's right. Cool. So they're that's big money. Genius. They're big money. You can win absolutely. Probably not going to win, but <laughs> after you win, after you hit redeem, it brings you back to the scratch card screen again. So you just keep clicking. Oh. <laughs> so nice. it's a way to funnel you out of money to not win the game. Right. Yeah. Another way that we did it is um, an education system. Some of the jobs <laughs> like. Are locked behind education that you have to pay for. Yeah. Oh, smart! So if you wanted to get the actor job, you need to first buy basic education, which unlocks art education. Then you can buy the then you then you can get the actor job. Oh. But you need to have the actor come up in that month. Dude, I this love is the social this is genius about that. <laughs> yeah. So there's all these different factors that are in the game to make sure that you have a hard time playing. So when people are like, "I can't beat it," I'm like, "Good." Good. Yeah. But they're That's like, cool. man, the game is too hard. I'm like, good. <laughs> because when it comes down to it, this game should be hard because life is not easy. Right. right. Like, when you pick difficulties in the game, it doesn't come up with choose a difficulty. It comes up with how hard should life be? Easy, me- easy medium, or, diff- or hard. Yeah. It's not, there's no such thing as 
choose a difficulty. Easy difficulty makes the game easier. No, it's basic difficulty, or is it freaking ridiculous? I hate life difficulty, where life events happen more often, and you lose your job more often. Like, yeah, yeah, man. That's so awesome. stuff like that That's is like really I I I love the idea of making a game to make people suck at it. Yeah, that's great. Because <laughs> it's different. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. negative and masochistic and all that stuff. It sounds like all that stuff. But it's it's just a different mindset for making the game as opposed to... Because people... I've had beta testers come back and they go, game's too hard. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, I can't beat it. I'm like, what level do you play on? They're like, easy. I'm like, sucks for you. <laughs> what do you mean to say? <laughs> the game is made well, to be hard. I do feel like there is a trend uh, going forward, or, or it has been a trend of harder games getting popular like you know dark souls right. even Love dark even souls. mobas you know like when i first learned how to play dota uh i don't know if it was Rhett who told me but basically it was welcome to dota you suck you suck yeah, right. yeah that's, that's a famous article too, right? yeah that's a famous article by uh purge who is right. like oh, okay. one of the first dota right. streamers and he wrote this big long essay called welcome to dota you suck and <laughs> either people read that and they go Wow, I want to play this game, or they read it and they go, "Wow, I would never get anything playing this game." Like, right. you know, I would just get frustrated and toxic and turn into an asshole, or I don't want people to lose. still do that anyway. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the the difficulty makes it that much more rewarding. I think right. so too. When and and I think there's life. <laughs> it's a trend too, because like when we, you know, uh, I'm I'm just making assumptions about your your age, crass, but when we were all children. 28 the games that were available were all very, very difficult. Like Stupidly difficult. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had a handful of Nintendo games, and I probably never beat a single one of them until I was much older, you know? And even then, I I still can't beat some of them. Yeah, like Mega Man, good luck. should go to hell. Um, (laughs) Plus, Punch-Out, like, nobody's ever beaten Mike Tyson, and if you have, you're full of shit and you're a liar. (laughs) Or cheating. Yeah. <laughs> or cheating, yeah. Right, exactly. Like, I mean, um, just... But then games like Super Nintendo made it a little bit easier. They added more buttons, mm-hmm. more things you can do. But then they released, like, Aladdin. Which, why the hell is which that is... game a real game? That game is probably well, the amazing. hardest Super Nintendo game to ever exist, yeah. outside of Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah. Oh, Ghouls and Ghosts is so hard, dude. I was just so playing that on my Game Boy the other day. <laughs> uh, dude, that's oh, crazy. Um, Ghouls and Ghosts. So yeah, well, ridiculous. I think there's a... A trend, and we kind of like value that hardness as long as I think the game mechanics are are balanced and things like that. We value that toughness because then it's like, okay, well, you start over and you try again and take a different approach. You know, right. I think that's why like roguelikes are so popular. Right. right now. Unfortunately, roguelikes do have a certain niche that you need to be that you want to enjoy the permadeath. You want to enjoy this. You want to enjoy yeah. losing yeah, progress. Yeah. Right. Um, I think thankfully with how Life and Dead is, it's more aimed at a casual game. It's just a lot of UI, a lot of yeah. clicking going yeah. on. And because of that, casual people might go, hey, this is kind of cool that it's a debt simulator. Yeah. And then they go, oh, God, this game is just like my oh, real God. life. <laughs> like, 90% of the people who said anything about like the Ludum Dare entry when they were reviewing it was, this game is too real. <laughs> oh, jeez, yes. Like, like, nine times out of ten, they're like, they're like, man, my child stole my credit card for in-app purchases and racked up $10,000. This game oh. is too <laughs> real. Yeah, not deal. Oh man, I can't so, wait. To, I'm when this game drops, I'm gonna buy it. I can't wait to play it. Oh, I appreciate that, yeah. buddy. Thank you so much for supporting my family. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. So, so yes. Yeah, I hate to which, say this. Oh, go yeah, ahead. Go uh, ahead. I was just gonna say, everybody out there listening, definitely check out Krasenstein. He has a Nightfall up on Steam, which is a really fun game. Yes, uh, you should check it out. 
And then uh, Life and Debt should be coming out shortly after this podcast. February twenty eighth. So put that on your wish days. Yeah. yeah. So we'll make sure we're gonna we're, we'll plug it when it drops. We'll we'll Appreciate make a big it. announcement on, on on the podcast and on our Discord channel and. We're gonna set up a thunderclap too. So if anyone's interested in the next couple of days oh, and cool. they hear this, uh, just search on thunderclap for uh, life and debt, and there should be a thunderclap for it that we're gonna set up. Sweet, yeah. awesome. So, well, uh, um, real quick, Rhett. Sorry, Crass. Do you have any uh, shout-outs or any links you want to provide for people to access oh, man. your stuff? I know it's probably all pretty much. Um, we pretty much shouted everything out already, but I mean, you can go to <laughs> nightfallrpg.com. Don't. Uh, it's a terrible website that needs to be revamped, but it exists, and you can go to Steam from that. Um, you can also go to staticcitygames.com, which is the n- new fr- new and fresh website that we're putting together, which looks real pretty. Yeah, it's looking sweet, man. Um, and that's got a link to Nightfall and Life and Dead on it, so you can go hang out there. You can even actually check out this, my stream, and anybody I host shows up on on that on that website. Awesome. So if I'm hosting Taylor, if I'm hosting Taylor one day, or I'm hosting, you know, another good friend of ours, Maddykins. Um, yeah. or something like that uh, whoever I host is shown on that stream Great. so it's effectively a curated list of people that I believe deserve exposure so Love that's it. why they're on there Great. So, cool. yeah. um, what about your Twitch handle Twitter handle if you of don't course. mind people having that sort of thing no not at all uh, it's really hard to, really hard to spell um, so <laughs> we'll link it for sure yeah. but yeah so it's uh, twitch.tv slash Krasenstein. It's K-R-A-S-S-E-N-S-T-E-I-N, like Frankenstein, but with Krass in front, which is with his, which is grass with a K in front. Um, <laughs> I like Grassenstein, too. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Grassenstein with a K in front of it. Um, also, the Twitter handle is the same thing. It's twitter.com slash TV because that was the brand that I originally wanted to put everything under. I wanted it to be a show. I didn't want it to just be me having... A development log, you know. Right. I wanted to interact with people. I wanted it to be fun, and I wanted I try to p- portray that through my stream. So great, love it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on, dude. This was a blast, dude. Taylor yeah. and Rhett, thank you so much for having me. It was really, really cool. Yeah. Thank you for awesome. coming on, man. I, I hope uh, I hope everybody listening uh, enjoyed it as much as we did. So for sure. Um. Yeah. Well, unless you have any other social media to plug, I'm going to plug ours, and uh, we'll do our sign off. So. Um, Don't go to my YouTube channel. It's too small. <laughs> I'm going to watch your videos, man. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Uh, you oh, guys I mean, can... I mean, that TV's YouTube channel. Too tiny. Oh, okay. Too tiny. <laughs> like 12 subscribers. Too tiny. <laughs> hey, that's like where we're at, too, so no worries. <laughs> yeah, man. It's all it's all good. Yeah, you I guys know. can uh, follow everything that's going on on Twitter, at GameDevsQuest. We're on uh, we're on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash GameDevsQuest. Email us at gdq at airpodcast.com. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash airpodcast. And uh, please, please, please um, go and find Krasenstein on Twitch. Uh, you know, give him a follow. Find him on Twitter. And, uh, and keep a lookout for Life and Debt. Uh, when that drops here in 12 days from now, but it'll be more like a 10, nine days or so when you guys are hearing this. So we'll make sure we do that shout out um, when that hits and take a look. I mean, from the sounds of it, it's going to be a great game. I'm looking at the pictures and stuff right now. So can't wait to get my hands on that one. I hope it it uh, meets everyone's expectations. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's going to be a blast. Uh, one more, one more shout out. If you guys uh, aren't already part of our Discord, uh, hop on at bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. Uh, love uh, interacting with you guys and getting to know you, helping you through your dev process. Heck yeah, cool guys. Well, 
this was a lot of fun. And until next time, I guess that's uh, Game Dev's Quest for this week. Cue that music. Yeah. Hey, guys, before we let you go, I just wanted to mention that Krasenstein is hosting a game jam. He puts on the Crass Jam every so often. Uh, he has Crass Jam 3 starting March 2nd through March 5th. And if you want to get involved in that, which I highly encourage you to do, go on over to itch.io forward slash jam forward slash Crass Jam 3 and sign up for that. He has a really unique game jam where everybody gets their own theme. And it's a lot of fun. I've done it both times that he put he's put it on, and hopefully we'll do it uh, this time as well. So definitely encourage you guys to do that. We forgot to mention it on the podcast, but I did want to shout that out. So go on over and get signed up. We'll see you there. Thanks, guys.